And welcome back to the Falcon Punch Podcast. This is episode 8, August 8th. Or we're recording this on August 2nd, 2020. Um, and I'm here with, I guess, a fairly new-ish content creator. At least when yep. it comes to, like, YouTube. Uh, his name is Miniaturite. And he has some of the most nicely, customly designed gunpla that i've seen and i just had to you know get a conversation with them if you give like a mini introduction to yourself that would be cool yeah so hello and well thanks for having me on first of all um my name is chris that's what i go by on uh, on twitter but my my handle is uh, miniaturite and i am a product designer by by profession but and most of my my spare time, I, I just search the internet for cool robots and mechs, and I love building Gumpla. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Yeah, um, I didn't get like a chance to ask you earlier because uh, we started this conversation a little bit earlier. Um, like, when did you first get acquainted with like Gundam? Um, a long, long time ago. I mean, I'm I'm 30 years old. Okay, so you're closer to my age than like the previous two guests. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> two um, just two middle-aged dudes talking about talking about plastic and and different things. So yeah, 30. I'm gonna be. I'll be 31 in uh, in a couple of weeks. But I um, I guess with with most of most of the people kind of around our age or within a certain range they and i certainly discovered gundam through gundam wing back on the the cartoon network and toonami days yeah um, back when i was watching like dragon ball and stuff um came across gundam wing and instantly loved it i mean i, I was probably watching stuff like uh, i do remember watching a lot of transformers when i was a kid when I was under 10 years old and stuff. So, I mean, what, what's not to love when you're a, a young, a young lad watching TV. Yeah. So who, see these big badass robots. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So I started with Gundam Wing too. Um, who was your favorite pilot and who, like, which was your favorite mobile suit? Um, my favorite pilot was the, uh, the blonde guy. Um, Catra. Catra. Yeah. He was probably, I guess my favorite, probably because that's who I kind of look like him as uh, as an anime character. You know, everybody does these. This is this is what I look like. <laughs> I was an anime character. I would probably, I probably looked like him when I was a young and fresh faced. But um, maybe now I'm now I'm getting older. It's maybe not just just as good a look. But yeah, I'd say he was probably my favorite and. I really love the heavy arms as well. It's such a badass suit, and my my favorite color is is orange. So, yeah. Yeah. So we share that. Around. My favorite suit was the heavy arms. Um, mm. The pilot was also Troa Barton, just because I thought like his character was really good and cool. Plus, like the hair was super edgy. But <laughs> <laughs> no, like um. I don't know. The only qualm I had about the heavy arms, right, 
was like how fast it would run out of ammo and instantly become almost useless except for that <laughs> that freaking knife. Yeah, it's kind of an all all or nothing strategy with it, but and I was like so the concept of it's cool. Yeah, and I was but I was like super sad. So like in the second half of the show, um you know, Devsife gets an upgrade, uh you know, Shenlong turns into Ultron. And like you know, Wing turn you know he ends up piloting uh, Wing Zero, right? Sandrock and Heavy Arms, their only upgrades were Sandrock got an Uzi, and um, I think Heavy Arms got like a second barrel on his like Gatling gun to mm. run out of ammo even quicker with. Yeah, lots of missed shots. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, wait a second! Like, th how is this fair? Like, what? <laughs> I mean, I I watched the I watched Wing probably when I was, uh, I don't know, like maybe twelve, eleven or twelve or something. And uh, I mean, I can, I can barely remember it. I I don't even know if if I actually watched it from the start to the end. But I do remember it having a pretty big impact on my. Um, just on my, how would, you, how would you say it, like, things that I liked in general as I started growing up. Like your childhood um, kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say, like, oh, yeah, it, uh, it helped shape me as a human being and all that <laughs> kind of shit. Like, but, I uh, would hope it didn't, especially with the main character, Hero, being such a freaking, like, I, I don't think it's sociopath. I don't think that's a word, but... yeah. I didn't even know that it was Japanese at the time um, when I was that age. I just took it for granted that it was um, a moderately acceptable uh, Western animation. Yeah, I mean, the, the voice acting, you, it didn't feel jarring or anything when you were watching it at that time, right? Yeah, I, I, I remember it being good, but it's like it's like all of those things, like the, the old games that you used to play, and you think, oh, yeah, that was fantastic. And you go back and play them again and wonder like how you were so blind at the time but... uh final fantasy <laughs> 7 and 9 are still really good to me yeah yeah i think i'm more like go back to goldeneye 007 for the n64 oh that was just stupid fun though <laughs> yeah it was it was amazing at the time but i i can't play it anymore i just can't do it i know they have a remastered version but i i can't do it but yeah i don't um a lot of people don't know this, but I I have very little experience with the uh, the Gundam universe itself in terms of the, the anime and the the animated series. I, mm. I I might have watched Wing when I was younger, the whole thing I can't remember. But other than that, like I haven't watched a single series in its entirety. Um, oh in the process. man! <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm in the process of watching uh 0079 the, the very first one um are you watching the movies or are you watching the full series no i thought i'd just i thought i'd start with the the series and just watch watch each episode but i've been trying to get through that for like three or four months at this stage but uh one of my one of the guys that i've met on uh on twitter he has um he shared a couple of his dvds with me so I have the the opportunity to get to watch the stuff, but it's just finding the time to do it. I mean, if if you gave me the choice of watching Gundam or 
working on one of my kits, I would I would always choose one of my kits. Mm. Okay. Yeah, because so I've, I've got it all there, but yeah, I just need to find the time for it. Yeah, I've noticed. Um, I guess with uh, UC and Noctis, like they, I think Noctis was able to watch a bit more. Like he's seen a bit more anime of it, but like UC Gundam was like, yeah, I haven't seen much at all, and I was mm -hmm. just like, that's interesting, right? I mean, I guess, like, the hobby itself doesn't really need you to really, like, watch Gundam, per se. You just gotta, like, enjoy building model kits and looking at them because they're cool, right? Yeah, that's it. I mean, if you if you see one that strikes a chord with you, then go ahead and get it and try and build it. I mean, it's an extremely therapeutic uh, hobby. To oh, oh, yeah. I mean, like, there's definitely a different feeling that I get when I'm building mine. Like, I've mm. built eight kits within eight weeks, almost. Like, it's almost wow. like a kit a week. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot for me. I, <laughs> I, um, the, the two kits that I have on my, on my channel at the minute are the only two kits that I've managed to finish, believe it or not. Oh, really? When, yeah, okay, I, so let, let's let me ask you this. When did you actually start building Gunpla? Um, well, aside from, I, I probably had a really old kit when I was young, but I don't think that counts. I, um, I guess I got back into it maybe in 2016. Um, I was living in uh, Dublin in Ireland and I came across a like a small independent um, otaku kind of shop, and they had they had loads of kits in, and I immediately thought, oh wow, this is this is like what I used to watch as a kid, and they've got these awesome kits, and you know they had they had their HGs and MGs, and they had a couple of PGs with the 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 far bigger boxes and the more um, impressive kind of branding and an artwork on the front and thought right I'm, I'm gonna have to get get some of these because it's it's definitely my kind of thing i mean i am um, i'm a product designer by trade and i work with i work with plastic um designs and plastic products and Ooh. molds and things like that so i have a good understanding of the time and the effort that's involved to actually get you know one kit produced and then you know, Bandai just go and milk the absolute clean shit out of it. But uh, so yeah, you that's... actually notice whenever they reuse like the inner frames a lot. Well, yeah, I probably would if I built enough kits. <laughs> <laughs> like, or you would I, notice. I mean, yeah, I would. Um, I'd probably be pretty critical of stuff like that because I, yeah, I would notice like small things that I I would maybe do differently if I. Um, was responsible for designing a little piece of of the plastic um, in one of the kits, but uh, yeah, most of it's pretty good. Definitely, all of the new stuff that they have, the more recent kits, are pretty awesome. Um, one of the guys in uh, in Discord channel had shared the there's like a new Zaku shoulder where they've managed to mold it all in one piece, so it's not not in two halves anymore. Mm. I think that's. I think it's maybe the first time that they've done that, but I, I don't really know. But yeah, 
I'll see if I can I can find it and I'll I'll share it with you on I'll share it with you on Twitter after this so that you can have a look. Alrighty. So but like yeah, I definitely appreciate the all of the time and effort that Bandai put into this kind of stuff. It would take a super long time for for me to design a kit and uh, and try and get it get it made. Like with its gimmicks and things. I mean, they've been doing it yeah. for over 30, 40 years now. Right. So, like, I would hope that they kind of have, like, a a nice little workflow slash, like, you know, design, like, a bunch of, you know, a team of designers or whatnot that are yeah. working together to get it done. Yeah, definitely. So, like, in general, like, um, again, so you says you, you only have, like, the two kits that you've completed on like your channel, like fully customized and and by completed you mean like snapped together, customized, like painted, etc. Right? Yeah, yeah. For me, um, I can't really. I I personally can't call a kit one of my kits complete until I've um, painted it in some way and put put some water slides on it. I think and just added a little bit of my own kind of personal personal touch to it. So yeah, I've I've got those two on the on the channel that are complete, and I have a couple of kits that are just sitting around in the man cave in in pieces. But yeah, I to to get back to your um, original question of when I actually started or when I picked up the kits, it was two thousand and sixteen, I think, in in a little shop in Dublin, and I got the the Gundam Seed. It was the Freedom Gundam that I got. Um, real grade or high grade oh just uh high grade Uh, okay i didn't even really know at the time the high grade is actually better put together in terms of like um like stability like uh the the pieces don't fall apart as much as the real grade does like i have the real grade freedom and let me tell you like that thing comes apart like um the the verniers on like the calf muscles or I, what would be the calf muscles, I guess, if yeah, you know, yeah. the Gundams had muscles like they, they come up, they fall out. So unless they're like, um, like closed, they're not staying in there. And then like the waist kind of like, you know, it, it's not stuck in there. It, it's like it inserts, but you're, it's very easy. Like, it's very easy to like, for, you know, the legs to just like fall down. Like with a bit mm-hmm. of movement or like you know if you did like ab crunch kind of things on the gundam to like try and pose it it is very possible that the legs would fall off and then yeah. <clears throat> actually yeah, yeah yeah and like uh what else there was something else that i had like a qualm about with that gundam but i mean i can't remember right now but yeah this, so this was the the rg was it yeah the rg freedom it looks beautiful, even with a busted up face grill, because I accidentally pushed, like, I pushed it in with my thumb when I was putting it together, and it looks like it got punched in the face. Like, it still looks beautiful, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a nice, it's a nice design of, um, of a mobile suit, but I don't know. It's definitely not. It's not high up my list anymore. Of, um designs that i like that much i had a pretty i had a pretty bad experience with it because i um i had built it um pretty much right away when i got it but 
I came to revisit it a couple of months afterwards and uh I was like, yeah, I um I want to try and paint this stuff because I have all of these skills that I've picked up over the years from uh from my day job, you know, mm-hmm. working with with the plastic parts and and prototypes and stuff and just putting small pieces together and trying to uh to make them look like we do we do this thing um called a like a visual um a visual representation representation model which is you would get like a 3D print of of your design and the plan is to basically make it look like it is the like it's the the real product in in your hand so you would sand it back you know prime it up um sand it back again put some put some color onto it or whatever the surface finish is going to be and and get it get it sealed up with some top coat and uh yeah the idea is that if you give it to a client they can then go oh wow look this is what uh this is what our product is really going to look and, and feel like at the end of the day so i had all of those skills built up over a couple of years and thought yeah right i'm going to try this with uh with this gumpla model and it was um it was a bit of a disaster but that was mostly because of the i i did my research and thought okay i'm going to get some uh, vallejo stuff here yeah and uh yeah vallejo primer is possibly the worst thing i've the worst thing i've ever used in my entire life it's that that liquid masking thing that you use right no this is um vallejo's polyurethane that they that they make and uh yeah it's it's absolutely terrible i i can't stand this stuff but i mean it's good it's good for what it is supposed to do but um it's not really i don't think it's a good primer for for uh gundam model kits yeah, I've been using, or at least with the one, you know, kit that I've actually primed and painted on my own, um, the Gundam Bale, I use the Tamiya Surface Primer. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, and then I've been using Vallejo, like, acrylics, like the uh, those colors. So yeah. I, I just, you know, mix that in, like, a wet palette, and then that's how I painted it with brushes. I, cool did not have the money for an airbrush kit nor the space slash like i guess kind of area for it yeah yeah whenever i um i had started with the everything was was vallejo i got the the polyurethane primer and some some airbrush colors and i picked up the uh, i picked up a an airbrush and a compressor kit off of amazon by by some some brand called voila mart uh for like 60 quid and that was for the for the the brush and the compressor was that like Um, those handheld things because i've been looking at those where it's like an all-in-one kit uh no it's like it's the little black it's the small kind of uh black compressors it's got a little red button on it and they're, they're pretty much just uh china made with you know different branding so someone buys it and goes oh yeah we're we're uh we're an airbrush company let's put our you know bogus brand on this so the one i got just happened to be uh voila mart but there's loads of different ones you can get there for for pretty cheap and i did upgrade the airbrush but i still i still use that compressor because like you know the thing works mm-hmm. and i don't i don't really care enough to go into the the science of um 
you know, particular PSI and all of that stuff to get. Well, I mean, certain finishes for anything that any Gunpla modeler would need. Like, yeah, I think yeah, Max is like 15 PSI, right? 15 to 17 PSI for um, their yeah, compressor. Yeah, I mean, I don't even really, I don't even know what, what PSI am that, that mine goes at. It, it seems to work okay so far. I think the most important thing is that is more for me anyway that that works is the distance that you that you spray from the from the piece of plastic you know you don't want to be too far away and you, you also don't want to be you know too close mm. all right so since we're already kind of on like the tools and stuff right let's let's go deeper into into your toolkit um mm. so you you're using like kind of like a very cheap but you know it's been serving you well like yeah. compressor, uh, you upgraded the airbrush it came with. Uh, what did you end up upgrading to? The um, I got the Badger Patriot. It's uh, one hundred five Badger Patriot one hundred five. Um, it's a it's a really nice little brush. Uh, it's super super easy to clean, and yeah, I haven't really had any any problems with it. It's it's really easy to clean, and as far as I'm aware, the replacement parts for it are quite quite cheap and quite easy to come by. So um I yeah, I just decided to go with that one and it's been it's been good, yeah. And then like any other tools like, you know, your nipper, any sanding, etc. Like things of that nature. Um yeah the the nippers that I have they're the ones that you you'll probably see some of them in You'll at least see the the nippers that I have been using over the last couple of YouTube videos. It's just like an unbranded one because, yeah, <laughs> I, I I probably should have all of these like professional tools so that I come across as like some uh, super professional uh, Gundam kit builder. But I don't think, yeah, I don't think I really, I don't really think I need that. I can get away with using cheap stuff where where possible so i've just got like a generic set of nippers um i did buy <clears throat> excuse me the uh have you seen these uh, nippers by i don't know how to pronounce the the brand name but it's d-s-p-i-a-e yeah i know that i know the brand yeah i got some i got some of those delivered last week just to to try them out um, as far as i can tell they are more or less like the the next best equivalent to the god hand nippers but like i can't find those things anywhere over here for less than like 90 quid it's just ridiculous so <laughs> and i'm the the worst thing is is that i i know the the effort the like the manufacturing effort that goes into machining the steel to or the tungsten to to be of such a high quality and like there's really there can't be that much difference between them to you know to allow for that that price gap but i mean i know they're only worth like you can get them in the us for what like 30 or 40 dollars is it mm, the god hand numbers i think so like 50 yeah i i know even, the god hands 50, are 50 okay. yeah i mean i would pay that but i'm not going to pay 90 or 100 for them just because they're in short supply over here so someone sticks them up on Amazon or eBay and tries to upsell to make to make some money at your expense, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't really agree with that. So I thought, look, I'll, I'll try out something different. Um, and I mean, what I have anyway, basic nippers are fine. You just cut away from the from the gate and just be be gentle with the stuff. And even if you're not gentle, like you can you can make it work for you. Just sand, 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 <laughs> and get rid of all your your dirty marks. Yeah, I recently invested in like getting six hundred, eight hundred, and then like twelve hundred um, grit like sandpaper. Yeah, and then uh. I got like these metal files, like a set of like 10 different like files to use. I think the files are definitely better to get rid of the nubs quickly. And then yeah, the sandpaper yeah. will kind of like do that. But you also, I have to be like super careful because like those, those files are very, like it's very effective in getting rid of like, or just filing down any sort of plastic. And it's like, yeah, the, the files are like, they just eat through that stuff. Yeah, I was uh, I was actually surprised. Like I ran through it once. I'm like, oh my god, I almost like you know ruined the whole integrity of the the piece. Yeah, I I don't really I don't really use files anymore. Um, the only time I use them is if I um cut, like a, I'm trying to remove a piece of plastic completely. I would use it to kind of get a nice a nice flat surface on it. But like if for, you're trying to like do like a custom cut into the design of the plastic, like maybe yeah, like you're yeah, trying to open exactly. up more of the leg into the inner frame or things like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's when I would use that. But for nub marks, I just use the uh, the Infini um, sanding sticks. They're kind of like they're sanding sticks. I don't know if other sanding sticks are like this, but they're sort of a slash between sticks and sponges. Like they've got they've got a little bit of give to them, so you know, you can go across the nub marks without being worried about, you know, destroying the, the surface quality or the, you know, how the surface should be. Because if you go across that with the file and, you know, you're like, oh yeah, I'm just going to, just going to get rid of my nub marks here, la da And then next thing you know, you've like, you got to put dent. this really this <laughs> dirty chamfer in it or something, or you've took a chunk out of it. So yeah, I much prefer to go at it a little bit more slowly with the, um, the sanding sponges and the the Tamiya, or sorry, the sanding sticks and the Tamiya sanding sponges are really nice as well. I use yeah, that stuff a lot. Really good. Yeah, I was. I, I'm actually rewatching part of your uh, the Double O Cant build, the HG mm. one, and like mm -hmm. um, I wanted to ask you a question on like the Tamiya cement. Yeah. So like I've seen like multiple videos. Um, I've also seen videos where like they put leftover parts of the runners into like a little glass like jar with the tamiya cement and then let it colorize too like do you like how do you recommend using that to like help with the seam lines um i mean if it's just for a really simple seam line that you know you want to stick the two parts together i would just uh lightly sand it a little bit to um to break up the surface and then you put your you know, you put your um, liquid cement in and hold hold it together for like five minutes or something. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty simple stuff. I guess there's people out there that do some can do some clever things with it. You know, maybe you can I don't know. Maybe you can put some plastic parts in it and let it dissolve, and maybe it acts like a a bit of a filler or something. But I just use the the really runny uh, liquid stuff. Um, I don't use it very often because 
I just I can never be I can never be bothered uh, trying to make it look good. I, I would always go for an option where instead of gluing it together, I would make the the split line or the separation actually bigger so that it looks intentional rather, oh, than, try and, okay. rather than try and cover it up. That's personally what I like to do, and it can make the kits look kind of kind of funky as well. I'm, I'm trying that with a, a Zaku build at the minute. I think I've yeah, I've seen the picture. Yeah, where yeah, like so um, there's like a, a bigger like separation between like I guess technically what would be the panels or stuff like from yeah um, yeah yeah that's really cool. So I would rather do that than play around with cement that much. The the most I use the cement for is if I ever make when I make a mistake with uh, scribing, I just put a bit in and let it sit till till the next day and then go at it with the, the sanding sticks. What do you use? Like, what tools do you use with scribing? Like, I know you use that DSP, uh, that tape, not oh, like yeah, the regular yeah. scribing tape, but because the DSP one has like little notches like in the tape that like helps you measure out stuff. Yeah, I only got that like last week or something, but it's really good. Then it's it's uh, it's definitely the well, I don't want to say it's the best one that you can get, but it's uh, the one that brings me the most happiness at the minute. <laughs> so. Yeah, like the Dymo tape is Dymo tape is pretty good, um, super sticky, but it's not. It's like quite thick stuff, so you you kind of are restricted to. Well, you can't really use it. I can't use it anyway on like heavily curved surfaces because it just because it's so thick, it wants to spring back up into its original uh, to its original shape. But mm. Yeah, it's it's good. Um, it's opaque. If you fold it over a corner, it creates a stress mark. Um, I'm actually I'm in the process of recording a, a scribing tutorial that kind of breaks all of this breaks all of this down in the video. Okay. So we won't reveal too many of your secrets here then. <laughs> well, I don't I don't mind, but yeah, all of the it's the same with anything really. I mean, some people will be like, oh yeah, this is the this is definitely the best of um whatever the product is but i think that you kind of have to try the stuff for yourself and just figure out in your own mind where it's really just about the builder's own personal comfort like where where you find it comfortable to use stuff in a particular scenario and yeah just have these different things in your toolbox like so i've got three different types of guide tape and I'll use them at different times depending on what what I want to do or what sometimes the kit is a little bit restricting, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, sometimes I just can't you can't use the same thing every time. But the, the that yeah, marked guide tape, the one with the measurements on it, is super, super good. It definitely speed speeds things up anyway, if you're wanting to do it quickly. All right. Yeah. Cause like um I so I started, you know, hand painting. I haven't done any like scribing yet. I kind of wanted to see like I've actually been looking at those like you know, kind of cheaper airbrush kits or whatnot. Yeah. And like, I didn't know if they would work well or like they would last you know long enough for me to like get my money's worth out of them. Mm-hmm. And so like, for you. How was that? Like, uh, I know you upgraded your your airbrush itself, but like, how long have you had that little compressor? 
Um, I think I've had the little compressor for like three years now. Oh wow! So it's been it's been going pretty well. Yeah, I mean it's fine. It gets it gets pretty warm, and I'm always freaking out that it's just gonna blow up <laughs> and like take my take my right leg with it. But it's been fine. Yeah, I would definitely recommend getting one of those kind of combo kits for because they're kind of they're not like they're not that expensive. If you, uh, I mean, if you're if you're our age and you have like a part time or a full time job or something, it's yeah. No, because like the price range I've been looking at has been like anywhere between like forty six to like seventy dollars, and like yeah. I I just didn't want to go and and like spend like a hundred and forty for like an airbrush and like three hundred on a compressor and uh like yeah. another like ninety or something to like make like a makeshift like exhaust kind of like you know system mm -hmm. or whatnot and I I didn't know like have have you actually made like that I I noticed like um there is kind of like a little booth thing that you have like how how did that like I guess yeah, come so together it, it's the it's another one of the Amazon specials really it's like there's tons of different brands on on Amazon that you can you can buy these from it's just some like Chinese uh portable airbrush uh spray booth Mm -hmm. um i think it was like i don't know 90 quid uh i keep saying quid because it's like i don't want to say you know oh i got pounds this for 90 or... pounds yeah, um, yeah it's fine like 90 dollars or whatever but it's around it's around that mark um it's really really good i started off whenever i whenever i got the airbrush and compressor and all of the all of the shitty vallejo paints i I was I just got a pizza box and I was spraying into that with a mask on and the window open because those paints are kind of I'm not going to say they're harmless like but because they're they're water -based. no yeah I mean Vallejo is acrylics are you know still water based or whatnot it's not like a lacquer or any sort of enamel hmm. I yeah, I, I actually used to work at a paint store um so like I I've dealt I've mixed custom colored lacquer I've mix custom match like oil paints and Lovely. yeah healthy stuff oh yeah <laughs> but yeah the little um the spray booth's really good um i guess i just went I, I just made these decisions as i went along where i knew that i could get um it was kind of like noctis had mentioned in in his chat with you uh, was it last week or whatever but yeah he was saying about using uh, spray cans and that's kind of what what i did to begin with because that's what i had experience with on the product side of things but like it's, it's exactly like he says that stuff is like just ridiculously expensive oh yeah over time Which, he would yeah like yeah. you know you spend 30 quid on a kit and then you go and spend 120 on um on paints and top coat and stuff it's just crazy but so for that reason, I was like, right, I'm going to just bite the bullet and pay for the, the airbrush and compressor because the consumables for it are that much cheaper. And I think you have, well, yeah, you've got a bigger, a bigger variety and that sort of stuff too. Your colors and, you know, even your top coats, you have a bigger variety. Yeah. If you airbrush it. But yeah, I'd highly, highly recommend getting one of those. Definitely get yourself a... Uh, a kind of starter kit for the airbrush it's just good fun you know I, whenever i got mine i was i'd never used an airbrush before so what the hell is going on with this thing 
So like um, your experience airbrushing the uh, Vallejo acrylics, you didn't like doing that? Well, it was really, it's, I don't think that the actual, the paint itself is the problem because I hear a lot of people say that they love it. And, uh, you know, if some people can get it to work, then I guess it does work. But it's, I would say that it's the, their primer is the main problem because it's, it's essentially, a, it's just a liquid rubber that they they have the polyurethane primer so when you you spray it on and it starts to dry and it turns into like a polyurethane rubber again and it what it's really good for is it picks out all of the details super super well because it's just like a shrink wrap mm. that's on your model so for stuff like warhammer figures and things it's really really good because you spray that stuff on it picks out all of the detail and then you can paint over the top of it but you like you can't i couldn't get uh masking tape off of that stuff without it just ripping off and i couldn't sand it i couldn't you can't work with it when it's on there because it all that happens is you you puncture the surface of what is essentially just rubber and then <laughs> boom your your model's just totally fucked yeah i so. guess like that one is more for like the uh the wrinkles and all those tiny stuff like you were talking about yeah, I just don't. I don't know. I I just do not like the stuff at all. Um, I don't mean to bash on like. Again, this is the primer. Yeah, I th I think that is the main problem for me. It was anyway, but uh, you have to go for a a super toxic primer in my opinion. You gotta get those nasty chemicals because that's that's what makes it stick at the end of the day. Yeah. <laughs> right. No, yeah. I I the primer was really good. Um. The Vallejo acrylics that I was using, like, at least for hand brushing and, like, our hand painting, the whole thing, like, I didn't have too much of a bad experience. Like, there were, um, for when I was painting the swords and, like, uh, the verniers on the backpack of the veil, or not the veil, but the bale, um, I, the coverage wasn't too awesome. I think it might have just been, like, uh, that portion of the wet palette that I had, like, was too wet. So, like, it was very thinned out comparative, oh. or compared to, like, the, the dark grayish black color that I covered the rest of the kit in. But as far as, like, you know, how it went, like, there weren't, there's not many visible, like, brush strokes. It's, it's fairly smooth. Yeah, I think the, I would use some of the metallic stuff, the Vallejo metallics for, tiny details and things you know like um yeah i guess if you're putting it in the thrusters and stuff it's good for that and i would sometimes use it if i i don't usually weather very much but if i do i would um dry brush a bit of the vallejo on as well because i've got like i just decided i was like right i'm going to start airbrushing my gumbo kits i'm going to get the airbrush i'm going to get the compressor and then i'm going to go and get like a hundred a hundred dollars worth of uh, vallejo um primers and paints and then realized that it was absolute horse shit for me anyway and then this is like back whenever i started and i thought oh this is just this isn't for me so <laughs> i kind of didn't really i didn't build anything for a long time well like a year or a year and a half and then started back again and i don't know 2018 i got the uh i got the hg astaroth that was I picked that up after I started watching. I watched a little bit of IBO, but IBO is so good. 
you can guess it i have not finished it so i know you should i i I recommend it um first season you know finishes strong second season i still think finishes strong but i can see where other people could have complaints about it but i i still recommend it yeah i'll definitely get i'll get to watching it but i always see there seems to be a lot of beef on on twitter about like people who are particularly um they particularly favor one type of the or one type of Gundam show over another and they 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 tend to argue over it a little bit. So I feel like it's a blessing in disguise that I maybe haven't seen a lot of this because I I just don't really think I care enough about it. I just like cool looking robots, man. That's yeah, I try not to pay attention to those kinds of stands. Um it it'll they're use they're probably just like younger. At least yeah, that's how yeah. I see it. Like, I, I just think they're younger and they don't know any better mm-hmm. on, like, human interaction, on, le- you know, letting people like what they like. <laughs> well, yeah, and also, you know, the priorities of life. Like, it's a, it's, a, it's a cartoon, for fuck's sake. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm I'm 31. I just turned 31 back in May. I'm like, yeah, this, this doesn't interest me. <laughs> yeah, there's more important things to worry about. Oh, man. Let's see. So back to kits, right? Mm-hmm. What are your preference in like kit grades? That's a that is a pretty good question because I I don't really know my own answer to it. Um, the Barbatos was the first the first MG that I've ever built, um, and I was totally blown away with it. It's such such an awesome kit. Yeah, I think the Barbados has definitely the most, or probably one of the most, like complex inner frames of any master grade. Again, this is like um, a personal opinion. Like even like comparatively to like my uh my new Gundam, the version Ka that I have, which is like a good you know six or seven centimeters like taller than the actual Barbados because of like the new Gundam is twenty two meters tall. Barbado, like other Gundams, are about eighteen on average. Twenty-two meters. <laughs> yeah, like life scale, like life size. Yeah. So, like scaled down, even then, it's gonna be a bit taller than. Yeah, yeah. But like, um, yeah, it wasn't like the inner frame wasn't nearly as detailed, in my opinion, comparatively to the Barbados. I loved it. it was so so cool. Um, like it must have taken so much so much time and an effort to get like even just the inner frame as good as it was and then i just i like the style of it a lot more because the you build up the the skeleton and then you can just kind of attach the, the armor pieces to it, it just it, it was really refreshing for me because i i had only ever dealt with um high grade kits before but like i spent i spent like four months building uh Barbados, and by the time i was finished with it i was i was super like sad to not be able to work on it anymore because I had so much fun. <laughs> you know, at the I've same actually, time I was like, get get out of here. Yeah, I've actually been thinking about getting a second Barbados kit just for the inner frame and just having mm-hmm. like one, you know, fully assembled and another one just inner frame only <laughs> yeah, for display yeah. purposes. Just because Why of like not? how good the inner frame looks. Yeah, it's it's really really good. I've got the uh, expansion set pre-ordered, so. Everybody's like, yeah, you're gonna have to get another another couple of Barbatos kits, and 
you know, doing all of that. But no, I don't have. I can't. I can't dedicate another another month or two of my life to to making another uh, Barbatos of even remotely the same standard as that that one that I have done. Have you seen any of the um the battle damage customs on like YouTube of uh, just Barbados? Um, I don't think so. I've seen like um your guy Janik. Uh, I've seen his kit. Um, I actually I referred to I referred to a couple of builders quite a lot for for my own build, and he was one of them because he did a really nice. Uh, high gloss metallic uh, inner frame um but no i haven't seen i don't think i've seen very many all right so this is a recommendation for anyone who's interested in gunpla at all right or just like looking at them um i'm gonna link you this now you don't have to watch it now but I, i i highly recommend watching it later um it is ray's studio and oh yeah i've seen great stuff yeah he made like a battle damage Barbados in a snowscape diorama and it's absolutely beautiful. I I highly recommend watching that. Like if that doesn't yeah. get you into like wanting to do, build any sort of gunpla in general or like even yeah. like have like even if it makes you scared to build it because like you might not get to that level of like customization or whatnot. Like you should. St- yeah. I still recommend it. Like I don't think anyone should be afraid. Like no one. Not everyone has to get to this level of customization to like really enjoy Gunpla. Like just snapping no. them together is extremely fun. Yeah, I mean it's super enjoyable. Like, but the uh, it was one of. Did you see Ray's video of his? It was the sniper that he did. Um, I think it was maybe his first video that he released, and I saw it pretty early when he would released it, and. I was like, holy shit, this guy is really, really good. Like I could I felt like I had some kind of a connection with him. I could tell that he was you know, he kinda does maybe does he must be a designer of some of some fashion, but the GM Sniper Pro, right? The champion Gundam model. It's really beautiful and just the way that he um the the effort that he's taken to record the video and edit it all together, he was probably um, the main, not the main reason that I decided to start, you know, putting my builds on YouTube. But when I saw his, I thought, oh yeah, I definitely want to do this, and I want to do it to like that that standard of presentation that he had done. It's just, yeah, his his sniper build is incredible. It looks like he he kit bashed this whole thing. Like a lot of it was like parts from like maybe the Master Grade Barbados. There might be a couple of pieces, but this is a long, this is quite a while ago that I watched it, but he, like, he released this video and it didn't really have that much traction. I, I could be wrong. I think it was his first video, but I no, watched it's... it and thought, wow, amazing. Wow. And then like a month later, people started to realize like how good it was. And then, it, and now it's at like 800,000 views or something crazy like that. The one I'm looking at right now has 1.5 million views and it was released eight months ago. Yeah, that would probably be it. And like, um, there's like pistons in the front, like that connect the torso to the waist, or I guess like the, uh, yeah, I think these are custom made pistons. 
And then there's pistons around like the neck too. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Just yeah, like- so his stuff his stuff's awesome. I was like, I wanna I definitely want to record what I'm doing. Cause yeah, I just like being able to to share the stuff that, that I do and it's kind of one thing about the whole YouTube side of stuff is it uh it's a little bit of wind behind me, um, in the sense that I really struggle with uh completing stuff, whether it's um TV shows or video games or complicates, they they usually end up not being completed. But whenever I know that I'm working on a video and there's there's even if there's like only twenty people who are interested in, in what I'm doing then you know, I feel like I, I, I owe it to them more than myself to to finish uh, the kit and to let them see it done. So it's been super helpful to, for me to like see the projects through right right to the end. Oh, like for me, um, that that sounds very similar to like me and my video game ADD. Um, I originally started my YouTube channel back in the day just to like complete games because my backlog was getting kind of ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And like it, it did help for a while. And then eventually, like, um, as I started working in Korea, uh, after I graduated college, like, I guess my real life took precedence or not is precedence the word it took like, um, it took over more of like importance and like my priorities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It took priority over like the, the YouTube stuff I was doing. Um, cause like, I mean, it was fun, but at the same time, like it could get a little bit like I started focusing more on like other YouTubers and like what they were doing instead of just like sticking with what I was doing. And it ended up okay. kind of like ruining the experience for me a bit. Yeah. But I mean, I've been getting back into it, you know, kind of like whenever I feel like I want to. And that's yeah. been helpful. But it's something I'm trying to just get the get the balance right with it because like I always I want I want to do so much stuff and I mean I don't I just don't have the time to do it unfortunately because like I'm working 37 hours a week and you know like that takes up a lot of time um I've got a wife we're we've got a kid she's going to be giving birth in like six weeks oh wow um, congrats that's pretty nuts. I'm, uh, I am shitting myself. To, <laughs> to uh, and we're we're gonna we're gonna be moving home as well, probably in like six weeks as well. So I'm trying to get like a backlog of some video stuff done uh, at the minute. So then when I'm because I'll probably ha- I'll definitely have to have some some downtime from social media, Twitter and YouTube and stuff. So I want to try and get something. I just want to have something that I can share with people over that, that period of time. But yeah, that, that's something that I struggle with is like, just kind of do it when you want to do it and don't try and not put yourself under pressure to, to please other people too much, you know? Yeah. I mean, especially with the quality of your videos, like, it's not like, um, it's, I would say it's highly produced. Uh, in terms of like the amount of effort that goes in and you can tell that there's a bit of like there's care in it right yeah i do i care about it a lot yeah so like i think 
as long as the quality speaks for itself, your your viewers should, you know, retain even with like some breaks. Like I know because like even just watching like the I guess the output of your videos, right? Uh let's say I think your your double O was built or like the video was put up about like six months January, ago. I yeah, I think I, I did double O part I started it in I basically started doing all of this, um, you know, quote, unquote, properly uh, or officially, however you want to look at it, in January of, of this year. I was like, right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a kit, I'm going to build it, I'm going to record it, and I'm going to finish the, the whole thing. And I'm going to have this, um, this video that other people can see and that I can kind of have as, as another um, semi-tangible output of, of the process, you know. Yeah, and like, even with like a monthly release schedule, at least for like almost with the Barbados, like it was almost like once a month, right? That you release a video, your viewership retained yeah. because of the quality of the videos itself. Yeah, yeah, it was so difficult because those um, Barbados will forever remind me of being stuck in the being stuck in the house with the lockdown. <laughs> and having having a load of work to do and being really frustrated and yeah it will remind me of that but it was good it took a long time but i, th I think it was worth it i kind of had hoped it was it's like a, oh, yeah, it's I'll, a I'll beautiful start. reminder <laughs> exactly it's a very uh, beautiful reminder yeah but i had i'd kind of hoped that you know oh maybe i'll like i'll put this really nice uh barbatos kit up and everybody will love it and it might like go viral or something like uh you know like uh, uc gundam's um how to get into into gumbla video you know took off really well and it, i know he put in a ton of time and effort into planning that and recording it and you know story you know storyboarding it and putting putting everything together and it did really good but um, and then you look at other builders like Ray and stuff. And have you seen Genix videos? Yeah, Genix videos are really, really good too. I mean, he he started off. Well, I guess everybody starts off small, but yeah, my hope was I'm probably just getting. I was a bit too hopeful, but I was like, wouldn't it be awesome if you know I just woke up one day and there was like ten thousand views on it like overnight or or something? <laughs> but I I don't I don't mind. Like I I'm. I'm happy with the with the channel at the minute, and you know it's it's definitely it's on the upward slope. Um, it's just a pity that you know it it takes so so much time and so much effort to to get it done at least the way that I want it to to be. Uh, but it's worth it in the end. I'm pretty pleased with it. Yeah, I would I just, say like let it come to you instead of trying to force it. Um, sure. Like for me, there were like different opportunities. Uh, I'm I mentioned it in the uh, like previous like episodes. Like my big like kind of hit or whatever was back when I was recording Tales of Vesperia, and like I was I had an opportunity to get featured on Athene's channel, and at the time, oh, yeah, that's yeah, right. yeah. As, like, as soon as I heard you say that in the last episode, I was I was sitting in work and I was just like a fine. <laughs> I instantly knew what you were talking about. So. Man, that's cool. That guy has gone off on some crazy adventures. Uh, <laughs> I'll say that 
to keep it kind or whatever. But like now he thinks he's like some sort of astrophysicist without any I sort know. of education. And it's just like. Deep huh? thinker, deep thinker. <laughs> no, I, I loved him back in the old days when he did uh, like his, his um, legendary video where it's like him and, and Julius or Julius, isn't it? Sitting in the. Yeah. Playing with wow, the, the big massive, the massive monitors, and they're, they're playing World of Warcraft, and you know, with like the keyboards behind their back and stuff. And I just love that. I really like that kind of piss tech attitude. Just don't really take yourself too serious, too, too seriously. But he's I, still I, the I number like one that. paladin in the world. Yeah, and then <laughs> when he he started playing League, and uh, he was calling up uh, Alex, Alex Eek or Alex H. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It. I think the yeah M five like I'm the best I'm the best rise in the world fuck you <laughs> <laughs> love all that stuff it's good oh man God I feel old just thinking about it yeah that's it man I'm definitely not gonna get any younger no uh, and let me tell you once you hit thirty one like I suddenly had like crazy back pain <laughs> it was just like a bunch of like aches and everything so that's gonna happen yeah, that, hit me at about, that hit me at about 20 29 i got started getting some weird stuff like so my ribs are always just wrecked <laughs> for no oh reason i like wake, wake up from a good night's sleep and i feel like i've slept in a, in a bush or something <laughs> yeah like, like i have like stuff. an issue like right on my like lower left shoulder blade or whatnot a lot of it has to do with my bad like my terrible posture but Oh, it, it sucks. It sucks real bad. <laughs> so what about um? What about you, man? What what are you doing with with things like? Obviously, this is um the podcast and stuff. But what got you around to thinking about? Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. Or what was the like? Because I guess there's a. I mean, as much as most people wouldn't like to admit it, I mean, whenever I set up the YouTube channel, my my dream is that. I can have it in some way, possibly someday to, you know, at least maybe um, pay for some consumables or a kit every now and then or something, you know, and, and to get something um, of monetary value back from it. But what how, what was your kind of take on things of like doing YouTube again and getting the, the podcast going? So for me, um, I've invested a considerable amount of money on like any sort of like recording stuff or gaming or just like whatever a hobby I get into, I kind of go like pretty hardcore into it, like as far as spending habits goes. Like um, my original thing intention with uh, YouTube was to just complete games. If I get you know any sort of partnership from it, which I ended up doing eventually, um, that's cool. But I also ended up losing that partnership because Machinima died, and mm -hmm. Um, I didn't take care of my channel the right way. So, like, for my kind of videos, it was kind of like, if you're not constantly uploading, like, new stuff, um, you don't really grow, you know? Because most of the time for, like, Let's Play channels, it's kind of like, they came for that one game, and if they stay for their personality, it's usually, like, a 5 to 10% of the amount of people that show up for that one game. And then even if they do stay for the personality, they might not be interested in like the other games that you are recording or streaming at the time. So it's a very like uh 
there's like very high peaks and very low lows kind of like atmosphere or not atmosphere but like landscape when it comes to like the videos that i was making and then like i've always been like kind of interested in any sort of like audio production and stuff so like i would spend a bit more when it came to like my audio equipment like whether it be like the interface the mic or like the cables i was using and like as i kept going i was like i've i've tried doing a podcast before but i kind of like ended up like losing focus towards the end because it was kind of like a a podcast where i just like find like kind of different events and then give like my commentary on it and at the same and like as i was doing that i, I got bored of it but at least with Gunpla, like I noticed that that was kind of like a common theme that I was talking about. So I was like thinking, okay, I really enjoy this. I really enjoyed building these. I've really enjoyed making them. I've always loved Gundam. That hasn't changed in like the 20 years that I've been watching Gundam. So there's a bunch of Gunpla creators that are making these beautiful ass kits. Let's talk to them. Hmm. Yeah, there is, there's a lot of good stuff out there. And like, as far as like, if, if this ends up making money in the end, like, that's cool. But like, that's not my intent. My intent is like, you know, just kind of like talking to these people, like to see where they got their inspiration, where they came from, like how they got into it. Just, you know, because I'm interested, you know? Yeah, yeah, I don't. <laughs> I would kind of be in a similar position that I, I don't really want the the act of working on a on any kind of model kit or any sort of video to to necessarily be you know a means to an end of just doing it for the sake of maybe one day you know it, you get some some money back off of it or something but you know you, you just can't deny that it would be nice obviously if you could oh yeah making money off of any sort of passion that you are passionate about is great <laughs> i would love to like some i don't know what i would do but i'd like to have a have a patreon or something like that someday where i could you know actually provide something um of value for for other people who are interested in in uh in what i'm doing as well you know just I don't know. I maybe I toyed with the idea of um, maybe doing some some illustrations of of the mobile suits, but I'm not sure. I might do that whenever whenever the baby comes along, and I I might not have time to, uh, or I might not have my setup ready um, whenever we move as well. You know, so I might just do some do some sketching and some some work on Illustrator on the computer, and maybe do some mobile suits. And, Oh yeah, no, I've I definitely seen like a, I guess as more as I see in like the Gunpla community, there's a lot of people doing like, you know, sketches, commissions of like different designs of Gundams and stuff like that. Uh, it's been, they're fairly cool. Like a lot of these sketches yeah. sometimes end up turning into actual kits in the end. Right. What what stuff What stuff have you seen like that? Um. Oh, do you mean like uh, someone will come up with a concept, sketch it out, and then someone, someone will like kit bash it to recreate? Yeah, it? yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. What I, mean. I, I thought you meant, thought you meant like Bandai. were like, oh, we like. Oh no, no, no! I don't think Bandai would ever do that. I, I mean, that would. 
I mean, technically, that's what build fighters and build divers kits are. They're basically kit bashes of like mm. assorted different Gundams and like Gunpla model kits. Like, so, um, oh, go on. The, the guy that had sketched a, I have it in my my Twitter bookmarks is like a hundred a hundred pages in length. I've got so much stuff bookmarked. Uh, I just I see something. I'm like, I'm going to keep that for later, but I. I saw this guy, he'd sketched a Zelda um, Breath of the Wild themed uh, goof. And it's awesome. Like he's, he's got the, like the, the different emblems and stuff on, on the chest plate and on the, the goof's kind of Gatling gun uh, shield that it's got and the shoulder pad and the helmet's a little bit different and stuff. I was, uh, I've got that saved at the minute, so... Maybe someday I'll I'll do something like that and take take his sketch and try and make my own version of it. And I'm sure that guy would be immensely happy seeing something like a sketch of his like or theirs uh come to life like that. Yeah, and I, I think guess that's the, the coolest part, right? A, I think it's such. Do you get? I I suffer from pretty bad imposter syndrome with this whole thing, like because um, there's so many good builders out there and so many good artists that. Whenever I do something, I mean, I, I kind of feel like, uh, like I understand that, you know, the quality of my, my builds is, you know, it's, I know that it's good. Um, I know there are people out there that are better than me, but I, I always feel like, oh man, you know, I, I don't, I don't watch the Gundam shows. I, I don't, I've only built like a handful of kits. I've got some stuff in my backlog, but there's people out there who like their lives revolve around this stuff and then i do something and i just i feel like I, I, like i'm maybe stealing other people's thunder or something and it just makes me feel a bit weird but i don't think know. that in any way so like okay so i understand the imposter syndrome right i don't think you should feel it in that sense just because i'm i'm i highly like enjoy the content that you've created as well as like the the amount of work that you put into you know your gunpla um so like like i said i mentioned before i used to work at a paint store right i was an assistant manager at a fairly big retail uh paint store um they're basically the number one paint company in the world and then i ended up quitting last year and i went into software development um like just to learn and then to hopefully get a job and I have gotten my job and I felt that imposter syndrome where it's like, I don't know nearly as much as I think I should. But at the same time, like I had to realize everyone started somewhere and like, you're still learning at like an, ex like an exponential rate. Yeah. So like that, true. that helped me. Um, I was dealing with a lot of anxiety at the time too. So a lot of meditation, kind of like, you know, calming myself down. Like will help, at least. Mm. I don't know if that answers your question about the imposter syndrome, but like I understand what that feels like. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure. I guess a lot of people probably get it, but yeah, you're right. I mean, some people know will know a lot more about you, or um, or maybe you know more in a in a particular subject area that um, is your your niche or your your niche. You. You Yankee boys pronouncing pronouncing niche incorrectly. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to get that in there. 
yeah niche or niche but um i guess for me it's maybe not necessarily knowing um who the pilots are or what tv show that it's from but um having more of a i guess having some 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 patience to uh to transform the kits into something different that's really what i'm what i'm trying to do is go for, go, go for the whole custom route really i think at the end of the day as long as like you're happy with the art that you've created because i consider it art you know mm, yeah definitely um i don't think you should feel any sort of way like there's a if you if you were really to get into it i'm pretty sure like a lot of these people like you may see a bunch of like you know of the gunpla twitter talking about the shows themselves but there's also a lot that like eventually like don't really know much and they got into it and then eventually they will get into the shows or something like that like it's not like yeah. you know a prerequisite to do what you're doing no definitely not like i'm so. sure people build like airplane model kits without actually being pilots like that's like, yeah, the same right. thing you know perfect analogy right there my man it's very good I mean, it's not like you make, um, I know the, when it comes to like those miniatures for like uh, Warhammer and stuff like that, like some people, there are a lot of actually, you know, like a lot of Warhammer, like miniature, like purchasers that don't actually play the actual Warhammer, like D and D portion of it. Like they don't play, uh, you know, the Warhammer, like games at like games workshop or something, or go to those tournaments. They just like enjoy making these little miniatures or. Yeah, I I used to do I used to do them, but and I've never played the tabletop. Just like the way they look, and uh, yeah, I just bought bought a couple, having no idea about the the lore of of what I was getting into, but something to do, I guess. There's a guy. Uh, just give a shout out to the. Have you seen the Weather Pig on on YouTube or on Twitter? I actually was just scrolling through your Twitter just now and saw you mention him just now <laughs> with the uh, the pink Barbados. Yeah, he he was doing that. He finished his like maybe a couple of weeks before me. But he does like a um, a bit of a, a mix up of of different things on on his channel. But I would say he's probably like eighty percent um, like Warhammer and kind of. Uh, hand brushing like painting techniques and stuff but he does he does some uh, Gundam uh, Gunpla related stuff every now and then and he's working on a a diorama at the minute with uh, Izaku and and Granddaddy which looks pretty awesome as well but, yeah, yeah I remember he's... seeing that because I think you had retweeted it or like liked it yeah yeah I I don't really like dioramas aren't for me I can't really I can't be bothered spending the time on it. I just want to. I just want to get the kit done and like get on to the next one and just keep keep on hustling with trying to get like more than three kits completed in a year would be pretty good for me at this at this rate. Yeah, I've been thinking about actually making a diorama for like this busted unicorn I have because um a family member decided to clean it with acetone and mm. uh, that yeah, that's, melted that's everything. Very like, good idea. It's in it's in pieces. <laughs> it's in yeah, a lot of pieces. Um, have you? I take it you've seen the MGEX that's coming out later this year. Dude, that is way too expensive for a master grade for it to be like. 
Like, it looks cool. Like, I mean, it, it does look really, really cool. But at the same time, it's just like, I, I cannot justify spending that much money on that kit. Yeah, I've, I've gone up pre-ordered. <laughs> like, I, I, would, I would love to, but like, at this juncture, like, I cannot, like, in good conscience, be like, yeah, I can drop 200 on one kit right now. <laughs> like, that exactly. would... Like, uh, this would have... It would be like if I'm, like, not finishing my collection, but getting to a point where I, I have it in, like a, like, a glass display case, and I need, like, a centerpiece. Yeah. I, um... I guess I decided to get it. Well, like, there was a couple of reasons that made me really want to get it was um first of all i i don't own a single unicorn i've never built one uh i obviously like there's gonna so many people are gonna be listening to this going what the fuck this guy's making uh youtube videos on on gundam models and he like he, he doesn't he hasn't seen unicorn he doesn't have a unicorn all this but like yeah whatever i i thought i had to get one for my collection and it's kind of a it's probably just going to be a a kind of gift to myself for whenever the the baby comes along i was i was just gonna get like a 200 pound bottle of whiskey <laughs> celebrate. but then i thought you know what instead of just getting that and within like two two or three months of being gone um i'll maybe i'll maybe buy this unicorn instead and and have just have something at the end of it you know and also i think it would be good for the youtube channel as well um, if I can get it in time, that is, I don't know how long it's going to take to get here, but if I could get a good head start on building it and do it to the same, the same level as Barbatos, then maybe, yeah, it might be good for the, the growth of the channel as well. So I had to pick it up and see what it's like. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's like 30 different unicorns for you to choose from. So I guess if you're going to get it, you might as well get one of the most expensive ones, right? <laughs> Well, and also the most contemporary one as well. I mean, it's it's got to be, it must be, the the best in terms of the product engineering. Like they they bound to have got to a, a stage now where it's like, oh, we're not going to have any loose joints or any of the issues that the old ones had or any of the you know the kind of failures that were present in previous ones. They, I imagine, they'll maybe have got it right this time um i heard the rg unicorn like um the most recent rg was like the best so far okay um i know like at least i was watching a bunch of reviews on it right just so like i could like you know figure out because I, I was going to buy a new unicorn eventually especially since this one is gone now or not gone like it's still sitting next to my tv but unrecognizable yeah it's in pieces like <laughs> like you can tell it was a unicorn at one point but it looks like a my little pony or something no it looks like um it looks like the banshee one in the fight <laughs> lovely from the show and or like the so there's a there's a scene where it's like being held by like a giant mobile armor, right? And it looks like it's about to be torn apart. It doesn't, but it looks like it did. 
Like if that were to have happened or pass or something like that. But I, I take it you can't uh, you can't make it pass for general weathering or anything like that. Uh, I mean, I could, I could, and that's why I was thinking about the diorama piece. But like, I can't put it back together unless like I gorilla glue it all or super glue it all back together. You could use it with. Um, I've seen a couple of cool dioramas where you'll have a I don't know a RX seventy and it'll be standing with one of its feet on top of a Zaku head or something like that. Yeah, that's actually a scene from the anime um, where it's like its head is gone and stuff, right? Like, mm. like the, the Gundam has its head missing and it's shooting in the air. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I'm talking more like the, the Zaku head is on the, on the ground and the, you know, someone's standing on top of it or maybe the, you've got something that's, it's ripped one of the arms off and it's holding on to it. You know, you could take it apart and just use it as like a, a kit that you'll kind of put in here and put in there and all over the place. I think the only kits that could hold a piece from an HG would be like a master grade or a perfect grade. And even then, like the size difference. Yeah. Because like another like... high grade kit can't really hold a piece, at least with the hands that they come with. Yeah. Or, I mean, yeah, the manipulators. Wouldn't you? <laughs> I didn't get a chance to even ask you about 3D printing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, man, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of complicated. I mean, I, I just do, obviously, I do design for, for a living, but I am. Um, like, we, went, we make... went into it, but, like, um, do you, like, do you design the 3D printing yourself or do you find something on like uh what is that website that has like a bunch of free like uh like plans? Um for for gun uh gunpla stuff. Or just like any 3D modeling or 3D printing things. I think it was like uh, Well most of the most of the time if I'm printing something it will be like a an actual product that's gonna get gonna get sold on the market. Um and if it's Gunpla related, I, I try and stick to... Thingiverse, that's the website. Oh, yeah, yeah, Thingiverse is pretty cool. But no, I, I just um, I just use the, the, the actual piece from, from one of my kits and, and remodel it. So, for example, I've done the, the shoulder for the, the HG Zaku that I'm working on at the minute because, yeah, the, the seam line on it was, was pretty rough. Um, and it was super, super difficult to scribe on the surface because it's double, it's got, uh, what's called double curvature. So you've got curve going in the, um, you know, the X and the Y axis. So it's like a, a dome more or less, and it's really hard to get the, the guide tape on there in a, in the way that you want it to be. So I thought, right, I'm just going to measure it up and 3d model it and then print it out. So I did that. And then, um, last night, uh, in fact. Have you seen the image of the Zaku backpack with the, the little piece of mesh? In it? Yeah, yeah, I saw that. That was really cool. Oh man, it is. Uh, How long did that no... take you to make or like put it in there and stuff? Um, it took like thirty minutes, maybe to to get the the little square cut out in it, and then yeah, you know, just cut the piece of mesh. It didn't take too long, but I completely destroyed it last night by mistake. Oh no! Yeah, it's. it's it's gone. Like it, it just blew up on me. Uh, I was working on it. I was, I was really hung over yesterday for the first time in a long time. And 
I was working away at it and just applied way too much pressure when I was trying to do the second hole and it just like completely broke in half. So I was like, right, fine. I'm just going to have to, uh, to model it up myself, but it kind of works out. It works out pretty well because the, one of the main reasons that I did the shoulder was I'm using these little metal detail, uh, detail up pieces and uh, metal pieces for the, like the Zaku spikes. And, uh, I've got these funnels as well mm-hmm. that I want to use in the backpack, but it was pretty much impossible to get it in to the existing plastic in a in like a good consistent way. So, what I, I'm just going to remodel it to to make it work for myself, and I think that might be pretty useful if there's anybody else out there who uh, who's working on a Zaku and they want they want a shoulder or you know a shoulder design. Um, or they want the backpack so that they can use these metal parts with it. Just, just drop me a message on Twitter, and I'm happy to help out. Oh, I'm sure you'll probably get some for that. Like, I, I really like once um, like I'm more secure as far as like job security goes. I might mm. invest in a 3D printing thing, so I'll hit you up for that. Yeah, I use like... the Formlabs 3D printer. It's it's pretty good. Yeah, it's a I, resin resin printer, and it's maybe like three to four thousand for it. Yeah, I've definitely been interested in getting a three D printer, just because like I feel like you can, as a hobbyist or whatever, you can have a lot of fun with it. Yeah, yeah. There's a guy. Um, I can't I can't remember his Twitter handle, but he's uh, he's called Mech Case, and he he had modeled up some high grade scale hands for for one of his kits and he's he's just opened up uh an etsy store to sell some of those for like 12 12 or something but it's, it's a pretty nice idea you know model up the stuff and maybe some people will be be happy to support him and what he's doing they look they look like he's done a good job on it anyway i would be fairly fairly critical of uh, people doing 3d modeling and stuff but it looks like it looks like he's done it well and the and the quality of the print is pretty good too. So Yeah, there's um there's actually a, like companies that do like those like custom parts or whatnot, like for model kits. Like I know yeah, and, all the and like uh, some other places. I, I really wanted to um to do that whenever I'd I'd been working in Dublin for three or four years and decided to uh to come home for for kind of family reasons and stuff, but I I pretty much just packed up and left my my career job down there and came home, and I didn't expect to get I did get another job um in in a similar line of work, but when I left there I didn't I didn't expect to get anything, so I was sitting thinking right well, what what could I possibly do that you know might get me some some money and I had actually considered doing my trying to make like some resin uh, custom kits and stuff like that like a full a fully blown sculpture of a not necessarily uh gundam but just general kind of mech and robotic stuff you know mech sculptures and things and like one-off sculpture pieces and then maybe sell them on or something auction them off but i didn't even get the time to try because i luckily got got another job and then when you're working like 35 plus hours a week you don't have time for that stuff plus um 
working on the YouTube channel, you know, so. I, I definitely understand the, uh, the woes of having a full-time gig and then trying to do anything else creative after the fact. Yeah. It's, it's tough, like, and I, I definitely, I don't want to be ungrateful for the fact that, you know, I have, I have pretty good job security and, you know, I have like a steady income. So that's all, that's all awesome. I, and I try and remind myself, you know, don't be, don't be ungrateful for that. Cause like, you know, there are people out there who, who like UC Gundam, for example, he was saying on, on his, whenever he was chatting with you that he, uh, you know, he, he's had the opportunity over the last couple of months to, to really dedicate himself to his channel, which is awesome. And it's done, it's done super good. Uh, I'm happy, happy for him. Like, so shout out to UC Gundam for, for doing so well, but I, I would really wish I had the opportunity to just go like, go super hard at it for a while and just see if it was, if it was achievable. But. Yeah. There's always that risk, right? Um, totally. Yeah, massive, <laughs> risk. massive risk. I would, uh, if it was me in your position, like with a child on the way, I don't think I could do that, but no, no, yeah. I can't definitely not. I don't want to, I don't think I'll ever be able to take a risk like that anymore with, a with another, little human to look after i mean i'm still trying to figure out how to look after myself half of the time <laughs> be responsible for uh another human but i uh, will see i'll maybe get i'll maybe try out some ideas on online and see um maybe try some illustrations or something if i'm if i'm bored or if i don't have time to make some kits i want to i'm going to maybe pose up the Barbatos and take some some high quality photo photo shots of them and see if I can create a, an illustration off of some of those poses. So if I do, I'll uh, I'll definitely send you one. Yeah, dude, definitely post it on Twitter. I mean, there's that guy who does um nothing but take pictures of his kits with his like iPhone 11 Pro, and like mm -hmm. those pictures look like. Well, the way he takes them, it makes him seem like life size. But then you see like the in reality version of it, where he's like just putting him on, on top of his car and like gets yeah, a sky backdrop. Yeah, posing is one one extremely uh, difficult. At least it's difficult to get right, but posing the kit to make it look like it that it wants to kind of stand the way that you've put it is a is a skill. I really. It really is a skill in its own right. Yeah, I will I mean, say this. The Barbados is definitely one of the most posable kits that I have. Like, the, yeah, the amount of articulation is insane. I'm just worried about uh, <laughs> wrecking mine in the process now. Of, if I move it too much, am I going to destroy it? I, um, I had scribed some detail onto the VFIN of, of my Barbados and you do you have the mg barbatos do you yeah i do so like the v-fin isn't exactly it's like maybe two millimeters thick or something yeah at like the the intent like towards the end of the 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 v-fins yeah well i i had put this i had put a couple of custom lines down towards the the front end of it just where the where it kind of splits out into into the taller part of the v um but i I'd got it all done and I was posing it and stuff. 
and I started to feel it wobble a little bit. So I've like scribed it down and there must be like half a millimeter of material. And just looking at it now, it, it wants to fall off. So I'm going to have to be really, really careful with it. Is there any way for you to like reinforce it? Mm, I don't think so. Um, <sighs> I could, I could fill it in. I could fill it in on the back and, you know, yeah, I could fill it in with something and just get rid of those lines altogether and then repaint it and stuff. But I think it's at the point now where um, I just have to understand that it is the way that it is. And if I play with it anymore, it's going to, it's going to come out, you know, so I'm just going to let it be. And whenever I'm, whenever I'm going to pose it again, I'll take off the V fin and get it into, uh, into a good pose and then, and then put that back on. And when I get the expansion kit, I'm going to do the same. I'm going to do the same thing. Just take it off and try and not mess around with it too much. <laughs> All yeah, right, it's, it's dodgy business. This uh, model making. Yeah, it really is. I act like on my shoulder for my Barbados. Actually, I kind of, I um, forced it on like the left shoulder pad. Like when I was uh, putting it all together after I had, you know, done my little Gundam marker customizations and whatnot, as I was putting it together, I think I bent like the hook that holds uh, the shoulder there. Yeah. So it, it gets kind of loose. Like it'll still stay in place, but I think over time it might come apart. I'm trying to figure out ways to like strengthen that. Have you, have you painted that? No, it hasn't been painted, painted. It was just been, um, the inner frame was customized with, uh, some Gundam markers where like the, I guess the, the cables that are on its like calf area, it's, uh, it's yeah. like elbow area and stuff. I, I painted, or I colored them red and like, uh, I made the hands red as well. Like the fingertip area, the manipulator area where like it's pointy. I made them all red as if like, Oh, no, that's right. Yeah. yeah. I saw that. I had a similar problem with the the feet on the MG Barbatos are similar. It's like a, a C clip. Um, the, the well, I guess it's it's kind of like the ankle and the inner foot where the the feet plug into. But the shoulder is this is uh, similar. If you get um, a set of pliers and just squeeze that plastic uh, closer in together, you'll you'll tighten it back up again. It's quite, it's pretty easy to do. I'll take a picture of it and, and okay. uh, share it with you later on. Yeah, that would be useful. Cause like, I, I'm like afraid of it, like, you know, kind of stressing the wrong way. And then it just being like, you, you have to glue it together at that point or something. Yeah. It's just a case of, it's like a, it's a, it's a C shape at the minute. So you can, it's opened up a little bit too much, but if you get something to squeeze it back in. You could squeeze it back in until like it, it touches again, you know, the, the two ends of the C, if you, if you get me and then, yeah, I'll just tighten up that, that friction fit with the, with the shoulder part. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take a quick picture when I get, when I get the chance and I'll, I'll share it with you. Awesome. Awesome. Is, well, uh, is there anything, anything else that you... No, I think you know? I was actually about to wrap up. Uh, if there's any shout-outs or any announcements you'd like to make at this point, um, the floor um, is yours. I, I hadn't really thought about it, but... Um, I mean, everybody that uh, interacts with me on Twitter, um, there's, a, there's a lot of different people. They know who they are, I'm sure. If you speak to me on Twitter and like my posts and 
give me feedback and stuff, I, I really appreciate it. Um, I'm super thankful for for everybody that takes the time to watch watch my YouTube videos. Um, I mean, it's awesome that they they want to watch what I do, and it'll be my birthday in like six weeks. So if anybody wants to uh, celebrate my birthday, it'd be it'd be really cool if like everyone on the planet could could, could jump onto my YouTube <laughs> and just, just give me a subscription. That would be the best birthday present ever. But yeah, we'll see. You know, I, I, I'm super grateful for everybody's uh, time and feedback, and it's a really nice community to be a part of. And thanks to you as well, dude, for for having me here to chat with you. It's been, it's been pretty fun. I was kind of nervous uh, this morning when I was thinking about doing it. But it's been pretty cool. Yeah, I try to make it as relaxed as possible, like just like a regular conversation-ish kind of thing. Um, mm -hmm. I'm happy, you know, you got on. Uh, thank you to Noctis for recommending you to me. And yeah, then, he's a good guy. Uh, make sure to like and subscribe his, to his videos. Miniaturite. M-I-N-I-A-T-U-R-I-T-E. All right? Oh, you got it in one, man. <laughs> I'm actually looking at it right now. So if I spelled it wrong while looking at it, I would be quite upset with myself. But yeah, um, well, this wraps up episode eight with Miniature, right? Uh, I hope you've enjoyed. If you have, please do rate us on Apple Podcasts, uh, follow us on Spotify, subscribe on Google Podcasts. Um, you know, if you're listening and you see my posts on Twitter at Falcon Punch, you know, retweet them, you know, help us spread the word. And if you see it on YouTube, make sure to like the video and subscribe. And then also, you know, visit the guests. That would be awesome. And I'll see you guys next time. Uh, our next guest will be the Thunderbolt Sector. Uh, he's a fairly new YouTube creator as well. And he does a lot of like custom like commissions and sells them as well. So we'll be talking with him. So look forward to that. Thank you very much. See you next time. Bye. Bye.